Episode 42 is all linked in and all sorts of tips, tricks, and techniques. Are you part of the 1% statistic you will hear from Louise? There are 740 million users on LinkedIn. Fun fact, you know how LinkedIn has changed my business and continues to add to the fraud community. I heard Louise on a podcast recently. It was crazy good and I thought I need to have her on my podcast and I came home to a message on LinkedIn from her that she wanted to be a guest on Great Women and Fraud. Great minds and great women think alike. Her accent is delightful too. Everything sounds better with an accent. Let's get started. I'm so excited today because we have a wizard, a wizard on my favorite social media platform, LinkedIn, and um, she cut, she hails from Belfast. And so Louise Brogan, please give us sort of your background and then I'll tell the audience how I, how we connected. Okay, Kelly, I'm really excited about this. I'm like, some kind of little geeky person going, yeah, this is so exciting. So my background is, yeah, I'm from Belfast in Northern Ireland, not Belfast in, I'm sure there's Belfast in America. Uh, Belfast in Northern Ireland, you might tell from my accent. And I work with people who want to understand how to use LinkedIn. Um, entrepreneurs, professionals, I'm even universities, but um, I'm really passionate about helping people with LinkedIn because I think it's very underrated and people don't really, when people look at LinkedIn, what they see is really, really the tip of the iceberg of what it is actually like and what it can do for them, which is exciting. It's an exciting place to be, but I didn't start out there. I did um, a degree in geography. I went backpacking around the world two and a half times. Wow. Um, yeah, but I like, Honestly, I am such an avid traveler. The only thing that stopped me and made me put my feet in, in some roots was really getting married and having kids. And even then, now the kids are older, we, we've, we've started, well, we had started to travel with them to European cities and had plans for further afield. But anyway, so I did geography. And then I, um, after traveling and not really wanting to, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I ended up doing a master's in computing and went into software engineering for a couple of years didn't like it, uh, so went traveling again <laughs> with my now husband and came back and got a job as an IT project manager for, uh, it was about 11 years in the National Health Service here in the UK. And long story short, having three kids, having a part-time job, juggling everything was a bit, um, a bit limiting in where I wanted to go ambition wise, basically, because I wanted to be at home with the kids, but I wanted to be really successful in my career. And the two things were not working together. So I started my own business um, helping people with really genuinely at the start Facebook pages, people who wanted to use Facebook pages. Um, and this was 11 years ago. And it after a long and winding path, I ended up deciding to specialize on LinkedIn about three years ago with the help of my mentor, uh, a lady, a podcaster called Natalie Ekdahl, who suggested, her and I have such a great relationship, she, she gently suggests things to me and I kind of come around to them in my own time. Um, so, and now for the last three years, I focus specifically on helping people with LinkedIn. That's it. So that's uh, me in a 
rather long rambly nutshell, Kelly, sorry. No, so I, we had connected before, but then one day on one of my runs, I was out listening to Natalie Ectel's podcast, the Biz Chicks podcast, and you were on it. Mm-hmm. And um, what's interesting is Melina Palmer, who has the brainy biz. Yes, she love her. Her, she should do a podcast and it kind of changed her career also. So mm-hmm. big shout out to Natalie because clearly two out of two people that I know who have worked with her have really hit it out of the park due to Natalie's guidance. So I'll yes. have a link in the show notes to Natalie's podcast and mm-hmm. her website also because um yeah, yeah whenever I have a whenever I have a kind of a fork in the road in my business my husband says to me what, what would Natalie say to do? <laughs> what would Natalie say? Oh my gosh I so love that that is that is awesome. Awesome. Okay. So we start with like a speed round and I know the answer to the first one because I saw it in the background. So Mac or PC? Oh, Mac. I'm on a Mac. <laughs> but only, only in the last two years, I was diehard PC and I thought Mac don't understand anything. There's funny little icons along the bottom. Um, but my husband got me a Mac about two years ago and I love it now. Yeah, I'm a, so I've only had one person who says PC, but she also has an iPad, so she's a little bit bifurcated that way. Yeah, like so. I have an Android, and I wouldn't give up my Android phone. So that's what is that? I don't know. Psychologist listening in, what does that say about me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I don't know if you're going to have a position on this because you don't have this background. But um, who makes a better embezzler slash thief, women or men? Oh my goodness. See, I knew I'd love this. But going by crime movies alone, (laughs) I think women, because they can just come up with ideas really fast. I think think so. Um, Yeah, like we really, I think we really work on our, we pivot on our intuition and we have a sixth sense about things. So I think a, a woman would be like a really clever thief. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, And then is there a famous crook or cop that you would want to go to dinner with? Oh, my goodness. Let me think. Um, A famous crook or cop. Well, it's really funny because my brother who lives in New Zealand um, was on a video earlier and he was wearing his Dick Tracy t-shirt. And from the, the old, the black, the black t-shirt with the, like the really primary colors. Right. Um, and he has that because I had a Dick Tracy t-shirt um, back in about 19, I want to say in the late 1980s. And he saw a picture of me wearing it with my mom in, on our holiday in New York. And he's like, I want a Dick Tracy t-shirt. So my mom bought him one off Amazon or eBay or something and sent it to him. So I'd have to say, because I just saw that today, I'd have to say Dick Tracy. Oh, okay. See, the... the... <laughs> This is so funny. Some people show up channeling pink and you're cha- showing up channeling Dick Tracy. So, I, <laughs> oh my God, I love that. So tell me why LinkedIn? I mean, I come at it from a fraud world, but I want to hear how you come at it as just how you come at LinkedIn. Yeah. Okay. So there's loads of reasons why kind of cemented LinkedIn for me as the platform of choice. And first of all, as a business owner, when I spent time on LinkedIn, I got business so much quicker than I did in any other platform. And LinkedIn have this whole saying about, you know, it's where people go to do business. So we go to Facebook to catch up with friends and family. We go to Twitter for news and events. 
we go to Instagram for like kind of the, the visual scroll. But when we go to LinkedIn, you're kind of, you've already got your business or your career or your profession on your mind. And the people that you find on LinkedIn, I think, have really interesting things to say. And it's a really conversational platform if you build a network of people that you want to connect with. And I, part of the issue I see for people, a lot of people, is that they just connect with anybody and everybody. And then they think that LinkedIn is boring or they maybe were in a job and everyone had to connect with everybody in the department and then they left that job and they're like oh but it's like all the people I used to work with can see what I'm posting but you can totally curate what you see and who you follow and who you connect with and you can build a network of really interesting people and um, whether it's thought leaders influencers your peers whoever it is whether you bond over a love of old movies or you bond over you know being really interested in behavioral science you find those people on there and they have they're interesting and interested in what you have to say and what you're talking about and I think that's makes it a really enjoyable platform to be on. I've said this numerous times before because I have some colleagues peers that use LinkedIn merely as a as I call it a billboard with yeah. shiny lights saying, hey, I just went to wherever and spoke. Yeah, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I mean, I do care because that gives me an idea of where I know that they pay people to speak at. So, oh, yes, I like that. <laughs> so, I mean, there is some competitive intelligence there. But like, I want them to say, I went to so-and-so and spoke about this. And this was a question that came up. So it's helpful. Yes. People need to be giving on LinkedIn. What do you think about that? I think absolutely 100%. And also what people don't realize is that when they do that, they start a conversation with their network and that promotes them to the people in their network and their network's network. So if you want to be known as a speaker and you want to go and talk about fraud at large conferences, you want to be paid to do it. If you just say, here's me on stage at the conference on fraud in Las Vegas, don't I look fabulous? Um, people will just go, will just go, you know, like, 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 or just ignore. But if you say, I was at, I was in Las Vegas at this conference on fraud, and somebody in the audience asked me this question, how would you answer that? And you're, it's a generous way to open the floor to get other people to give their thoughts about things, which people love. They love to be able to give their opinions and thoughts on things. Um, but actually, what happens is the more conversation that happens under your post the more you, visibility you get as a result, more people see you and your content. And because you're saying something interesting, you're involved in an interesting conversation, people go and check out your profile and hopefully you've optimized your profile. This is something I do with people. Um, and they'll look at your profile and they'll see in your featured section, that, oh, Kelly's a speaker. Oh, look, these are topics that she speaks on. Maybe we'll reach out and connect to her. And then that's the kind of the journey that people go on. And um, But if you just post a picture of yourself on stage and say, aren't I amazing? I look where I was last week on stage in Las Vegas. You're not, you're missing that whole networking piece and the whole relationship building piece, which is actually what LinkedIn is about. Yeah, yeah. So what is your, do you have a favorite feature of LinkedIn? I know they're changing all the time, but what's like the most unknown feature that you use? Okay. 
Uh, well, I suppose it depends where you're coming at. But um, for people that I work with, whose profiles I write, the featured section is, is people don't even realize it's there. Because if you haven't added it, you won't see it, if that makes sense. And um, you have, once you add that section, then people can see it. And that's somewhere you can link to your blog, your video, your last speaking gig, whatever, whatever it is you want, your signups, your free download, your email list, whatever. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's like an online, you know, online business things, but it could be a video of you speaking on YouTube or something. So why I like this section of the LinkedIn profile is when you look at someone's profile and you're looking down, you've got you know, their headline and their, their face and their about section. The featured section is this big block of color that jumps out at you. It's like the thumbnails you see on YouTube and human beings react. I think it's like 60,000 times faster to images than they do to words. So if you have this big thumbnail and it's you, know, it's you on a stage with some letters behind you, it catches somebody's eyes much faster. And I think that's a huge opportunity for people to use. For me, what my favorite thing that I'm doing on LinkedIn at the moment actually is the LinkedIn Live. I love, um, I interview my podcast guests. I interview, I'm doing a series called Small Business Series at the minute, where every week I interview um, somebody who has a small business. And at the minute within the UK and Ireland, um, and I love being able to interview somebody live on screen and have my network asking us questions and stuff. And I, it's one of the most enjoyable things I do on LinkedIn. I really like doing that. Well, and I'm looking at your LinkedIn right now, the weekly tutorials on how to use LinkedIn for your business, your free mm -hmm. LinkedIn guide, which is a checklist, which I am all about checklists for doing things like this. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it pops at you. It absolutely mm -hmm. just yeah. pops at you. So mm -hmm. um I really, really like that. And, and then also, you know, LinkedIn live with Louise, the alliteration there, it just, I know <laughs> it, it comes right off. Like, it's just, it's kind of perfect. So I have this thing about certain industries that use LinkedIn really well, like almost too well. Uh -huh. um, and then some people who, some industries who don't use it well, and there's always exceptions. Do you have an industry that you think uses it too well and an industry that doesn't use it well enough? Oh my gosh, what a great question. So what, when I was thinking about before our call, Kelly, I was thinking about the number of lawyers and solicitors and barristers I have in my, so in the UK, solicitor and barrister, the terms and law and obviously lawyer in America. Um, who I have in my network and people within uh, the whole judicial system. Like I've got a retired Lord Chief Justice of the Court of Appeals in the UK in my network on LinkedIn. And I love it. I've got like ex-FBI people. Um, and there are some people in that whole sphere who do it brilliantly, but most of them are terrified. So they create a LinkedIn account and they never post anything and they just lurk. But then most people, that's what most people do. 90% of people don't even comment on anything on LinkedIn. They just create their profile, they scroll now and again, um, and then they come off. LinkedIn statistics, LinkedIn zone statistics are that people spend something like 17 minutes um, a month on LinkedIn. <laughs> so it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I know. So it's 17 minutes an hour. <laughs> no, a month. <laughs> So we are still very much the precipice of what LinkedIn is going to become, I think, feel. So people who can get comfortable with LinkedIn and not be overwhelmed and not be worried about what their peers are going to think about them and 
get into it and start having conversations with their network around what they do professionally. This is the thing. It's not, you're not going on there to share, you know, your holiday snaps um, and talk about, you know, your barbecue you're having on Sunday with the family. Keep that on Facebook. That's what Facebook's for. And there are people who will say, oh, LinkedIn police, don't tell me what I can't put on LinkedIn. But it's, that's not why people are there. You know, it's they're there to grow their professional network and build relationships for that professional network. Um, and LinkedIn are very clear about this. You know, they say some of the new features that they give out, like you have to apply for LinkedIn Live, for example. And one of the, um, the checklists for LinkedIn Live is you have to have an account that abides by their professional standards. So if you're going on LinkedIn and just, you know, talking nonsense or being rude about people or, you know, just not being respectful, there's no chance you're going to get things like LinkedIn Live given to you. So they try and keep it as a professional network. Now, of course, they're, these social media platforms are enormous and that's really hard to do. And as something grows, it probably get uh, worse. But the, the, the another statistic, I don't know if people in fraud like statistics, I'm sure yes. you do. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, so 1%, so it's like 740 million people have LinkedIn accounts. 1% of those people post content on LinkedIn. Wow. Full stop. Not daily, like full stop. Oh my so God. if you can get over yourself and get some tools in your toolbox on how to use LinkedIn um, and how to post in what way, posting works on LinkedIn and who to connect with you can be like literally you can get really well known really fast um, as the expert in your field because so few people are doing it still still so um, lawyers um lawyers I'm gonna say it suck on LinkedIn there's some <laughs> outliers <laughs> um and I, I'm it, I have some outlier friends that do a attorneys that do a fantastic job and okay. I've seen them grow. I've seen their influence grow. Yeah. And um, I kind of think lawyers think LinkedIn is beneath them. And mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you it's not beneath them. Yeah. And the up and coming generation doesn't know in the United States, we have this thing called AVO, A-V-V-O, where you can mm -hmm. find lawyers. The up and coming generation would never know to look at AVO. They're going to go and do the Google machine and the first thing that's going to pop up is LinkedIn. Yeah. And um, I had I had a CEO of a law firm. I saw her speak. I sent a personalized message to her. Of course, I saw that she looked at it and she never accepted it. Mm. And I was just like, that's just rude. And I think <laughs> she thought it was beneath her. Like, I it just was like, really? You are a CEO of a major law firm. I sent a personalized invite. So this is the next question I have for you. Yes. What about connections and invites? Because I have a thing I do, but I want to hear how you do yours. Okay. So I, perfect, I, how I teach people to do it is to always personalize your invitation and say why, like literally say why you're connecting with somebody. Like why are you connecting with somebody? If you're listening to this podcast and you want to connect with me, you say, hey, Louise, I heard you on Kelly's podcast and I wanted to connect with you. It's as simple as that. Um, where people go wrong is they think it's a sales opportunity and they say, hey, Louise, I heard you on the po podcast. I think you would benefit from my XYZ service. Um, here's a link to try it out. No, 
<laughs> that's not building relationships that's like being you know it's like putting the cart before the horse don't do that and um, but I really think people should send um, a note to say why they're connecting with you because it opens up the conversation with that person on a one-to-one and they're far more likely to remember you than if you just send them a, a connection request without a message and honestly people send you connection requests without message and you're like well where did they find me? Why are they connecting with me? So quite often, Kelly, what I'll do is actually, if, if I see something like that and I see they've got a connection in common with me, I'll accept their request, but I'll send them a message and say, hey, Kelly, it's really nice to connect with you or thanks for connecting with me. Um, I see that we both know John and, you know, how, how's business? How's things? How's things going? Do you, you like being on LinkedIn? You know, that kind of thing. But I think where... I probably disagree with you slightly about the the lady, the CEO of the law firm. I don't know that she thinks LinkedIn's beneath her. I think she potentially can't admit to anybody that she doesn't know how it works. So she stays away from it for fear of looking foolish because that's absolutely the experience that I've had with senior level executives. Um, Before lockdown last year, um, so about three years ago now, I did a workshop for uh, about 30, a team of about 30 in Belfast for a large organization. And the CEO was a little bit off with me um, and a little bit, you could say that he was a bit rude. And the person who brought me in to train them apologized to me after says, I don't know what's going on to him. He's never like this. And I thought that's when I realized that you should always offer to train the CEO and the senior executive separately because they don't want their team to know that they don't really understand what the heck's going on on this platform. Um, so I would say it's from my experience, now, I don't know this woman, it could have been, she was just rude, but from my experience, it's usually because they have no idea how to use LinkedIn and they just, it, they're running scared of it. So I had this funny, this is years ago. It was an attorney that consulted on a case and um, I saw him on LinkedIn and he had a big typo in his description. So he was a securities attorney and it's he spelled it securities, S-U-C-U-R-I-T-I-E-S. <laughs> and I saw that and I sent him an email or I sent him a message. Yeah. Months it took him. So like personally, if I saw an attorney, cause I'm gonna vet an attorney mm-hmm. and I saw that they can't even spell securities right and they're a securities attorney, he's in the round file. Like, I just, and I wasn't sure if I should reach out to him. And I've done this to some people where they've had a big typo and it's not, it's just like, Hey, just FYI, I wanted you to know, like, I hope this, you know, you, whatever, but it's how you write, I think it's how you write it because I got somebody messaged me or sent me an email and said, Hey, Louise, I just wanted you to know that this link on your website isn't working. And but what was funny was they, they then sent me, they wanted to share a link to something that would fix it. And I thought, is this a sales pitch? But actually they were right, it didn't work. So I went and fixed it. And I was like, that was great, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I will do a connection request and I have some shortcuts that, you know, type shortcuts that I do. But the main reason when I personalize them is so I remember why I connected with them. Yeah. Like, I saw you like um, my, or, you know, Dan's post on XYZ. We have, or any shared connection of Dan, I would like to follow. And it reminds me, so I can go back and just 
so I do it. I'm getting older. I don't remember everything. And mm. it, it's a good reminder to do it. So I always tell people, like, try and make that connection request. So it'll tick something in your brain. Like, why don't oh, you even yeah. connect? I do, I do the exact same thing and it'll be, somebody will say, oh, I saw you on such and such a webinar. And you're like, oh yes, that's where that person's from. Because I mean, I've, I've got over 6,000 connections on LinkedIn. Like how could you possibly remember where they all came from? You can't, you can't it's not possible. A lot of, because a lot of people aren't posting anything. It's not like you can go check what they're talking about. So yeah, that's, that's a really good point. The message, I feel like, most of the business side of things happens in the inbox and LinkedIn. Yeah. So what's very interesting and be interesting for your listeners experiences for this is that the people who comment on my posts or uh, engage in the posts rarely become the people who hire me to work with them. The people who hire me are the people who send me the private message and say, Louise, I've been following you for a while. And I'd like to hear more about how you, you know, how you can help me with LinkedIn they rarely are commenting on the posts. So that's interesting. So it might be the same for like, I would say people who recruit paid speaking speakers um, would be the same. They're not gonna comment on your post. They're looking and they're keeping an eye out for who's active and who's knowledgeable. And then when they want you, they just send you a message or an email. Yeah. So there was a, a comment one time, someone saw how many connections I had and they were like, why would you have so many connections? You can't possibly know that. And this is when I had about 5,000 and now I have almost 12,000. Yeah, now so the reason I do it is because I am trying to spread the word about pink collar crime, AKA embezzlement. The yeah. only way I can really spread that word is for people to see my stuff like all over the world. Yeah. And, and so that's why I do it. So yeah, I would like to have a small little group but that doesn't help for getting the word out. And my whole thing is I want to get the word out about how easy embezzlement is to commit and how, mm. so, so I, I wrote back and I just said, you know, if, if I were working for a corporation, I wouldn't have this many connections probably, but mm -hmm. then there's the other thing. And I just did the ACFE global conference is your brand. You don't know if tomorrow, if your business is going to go under, that you yeah. work for, that you're an employee, then mm -hmm. you're going to get fired. You're going to, whatever, for whatever thing, if you're just starting the day that you need to get work, you're already behind the eight ball. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. You've got to build the network straight out the bat. It's interesting because I'm, I was contacted by a university today and they want me to work with their alumni and their students because universities are starting to recognize exactly what you said, Kelly, about the younger people. Um, they recognize that their students need a presence on LinkedIn before they graduate. If they, the day they graduate and they put their picture of their throwing their hat in the air is the day they start to build their LinkedIn network. Well, it's, you know, the person who's been doing it for two years is far more likely to be getting a job or an internship or you know, a, a step up the ladder before they are. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And also the other thing was um, one of my clients is a, is a barrister and she said, she reached out to me and says, I need help with LinkedIn uh, because she says, I can see these 20 somethings coming after me and they are all over it and I need to be, get ahead of them. And I thought that's really interesting because the most of the, 
barristers and solicitors that I would have worked with maybe three, four years ago would be older, you know, 50s plus. Um, kind of like, oh, maybe we should look at this LinkedIn thing. You know, maybe they're thinking about going into speaking careers or whatever, whatever they're doing. Um, and she said, no, no, the, the, you can see these young ones like literally coming up behind you. <laughs> like, so I need to do, I need to understand this platform now. <laughs> well, and, and that goes to another thing. I have found sources for cases on LinkedIn, subject yeah. matter that it would take me forever to find millions or not millions, but numerous phone calls and things like that. So yes. a friend of mine's daughter is just starting her MBA program. And um, we went to a farmer's market and I said something about LinkedIn. And my friend was like, Lauren, you have got to listen to Kelly and LinkedIn. And then another friend who I had helped on LinkedIn, she's like, yeah, like I, she was a recruiter and she, she just tweaked a few words in mm -hmm. her title and she couldn't believe how much more activity she got she tracks yes. it to it and so i believe like my son is terrible on linkedin my daughter much better not great but she, yeah you know so um but they know they both know that it's going to be necessary yes that's the difference i think whereas when you're doing and what's really interesting living in Northern Ireland. So three, four years ago, I wouldn't have been hired by anybody lo locally, like any organizations or companies locally for LinkedIn because they just didn't really think about it. And I think with the pandemic and more people going online and networking, I'm getting contacted by so many more local companies because they're awakening to the fact that they need to be using LinkedIn. And before the pandemic, I, I was doing, I was hosting like local business breakfasts for LinkedIn and my, I was emailing people and saying, I'm going to change Northern Ireland's view of LinkedIn. <laughs> so it must have been some kind of impact, I hope, Kelly, because they're starting to pick up. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, I mean, I have people all over the world that reach out to me and yeah. it couldn't happen. And it's not going to happen on Twitter. I love Twitter and I, you're active on Twitter also. And, um, but I'm not going to have those sort of genuine conversations no. on Twitter. They are going to be on LinkedIn. Yes. And um, people, people all buy so fast on Twitter. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. It's just so much. So what are some other little tips and tricks that you'd like to give out to fraud professionals for LinkedIn? Okay. So um, don't just connect with people who you think are going to hire you. Connect with people who the people who will hire you also use services from if that makes sense. So you want to build a network of people who will send work your way, whether they're referrals, they, you're both offering services to the similar types of people. And um, so do your, do your networking, be generous with looking at other people's content and commenting on it. So if you have, you want to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that when you comment on someone's post, they see your face and they see your headline and they, it attracts them to click through to find out more about you. And that's how you, you know, a really nice, easy way to get visible on LinkedIn. So one of the things that I have, I, you mentioned it earlier in my featured section, I have this free download and it's daily and weekly activities to keep you right on LinkedIn, like things you should do on a regular basis. And people will be delighted to hear that. I think it's my opinion that posting twice a week on LinkedIn is absolutely plenty because so few people are posting. If you can think of a really good conversation starter 
once or twice a week on LinkedIn that people are responding to, it will, you will see your visibility just rise exponentially. So that's a really um, lovely way to grow your visibility. So you want to think about the four key pieces are your profile, your network, your content, which is just think about starting conversations and then messaging. So always connect with a message. That's the four key pillars that I work with clients on for helping them with LinkedIn. That's amazing. And you know, I, I, I'm on Facebook a little bit, but like, you're not worried about sales funnels and it's not, yeah, there is an algorithm, but it's not this, you've got to follow up with this and then this happens, then this happens. And with LinkedIn, you don't, I don't think you have to do that. No, people, people literally reach out and say, um, I'd like to know more about this, Louise. Can we have a call? And you can set the call up in LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of made it foolproof. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's such a great platform and obviously there's other things you need to do. You know, I, I, I like creating my podcast and blogs and all that can be used as content for LinkedIn. Um, I think the important thing is you pick a platform and you get to know how it works. And that's, you know, don't be, don't be trying to do three or even two social media platforms. It's far too much work. You need to get out there and do your actual paying work. Um, but one platform is a good place to start. And I genuinely think LinkedIn is the platform because it doesn't take a huge amount of effort to make a massive impact for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so back to the people who do it too good. Now I will get some, because I have a podcast, I'll get, and I don't really want to say spammy, but they see that I, in my thing, it says I have podcast. And so they'll immediately hook up and they'll do the instant sale. Like, Hey, I could promote it. It's like, I will connect with them if we have mutual shared connections yeah. um, and I'll be polite. And I'm just like, you know, no, I already have a virtual assistant at this yes. point, but I will keep you in mind. But like one person I saw online had a really good graphic and I ended up hiring his person off of Fiverr that I would have I spent hours on Fiverr, but I trusted this one person on LinkedIn. I've seen yeah. his graphics. And so I asked him, can yeah. I, you know, so. So those people aren't spammy when you, yeah. you know, see other people's work. Yes, I think, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a way to go about it. You know, showing, your, showing how good you are at something by the content that you share and the conversations you start um, rather than directly messaging like lots and lots of people and saying, here, buy this thing. <laughs> I think you get, um, there's nothing worse really on any platform, I think. Don't know how I don't know how I don't know how it works for anybody. Why do they keep doing it? <laughs> well, I think it's a numbers game. I, yeah, I think, I think so. Hundred thousand, you might get maybe a hundred sales. Oh, it's exhausting. Don't do that. <laughs> well, yeah. So then, this is another thing that um, it drives me crazy, and I won't. I'm not going to call out who does it because it's more than one group or person who does it. But they do a post about someone who maybe spoke at an event or something, and they don't tag the person. Like, how hard is it to not tag the person? I actually like, thought you were going to say the other way around, Kelly. So if they're scheduling the post with us with a social media scheduler, you cannot tag the person in the post. Oh, oh, I learned something. Yeah, it could be that they're scheduling it with Hootsuite or Buffer or something. So you can't tag somebody using a third party 
um, scheduling tool for LinkedIn. You have to go into the post and then tag them in the po- edit the post and tag them there. I thought you were going to say somebody, I, this drives me nuts. Somebody does a post about something and then literally tags as many people as they possibly can in the post because they think those people will come. And it, you know, yeah, yeah, it works, but it looks so rubbish. And um, people will comment on it because they've been tagged in the post. And it's just, I don't like it. It's one of my ugh, things. Yeah, I, I, I know someone who does that somewhat regularly. And yeah, <laughs> but I did not know that about the like scheduling service. And so now that I think about the group, I'm certain they use a the scheduling service. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably what it is, yeah. Oh, well, so why can't the scheduling services change that? Because because LinkedIn doesn't allow them. LinkedIn oh. is, is very protective of its platform, which is great, you know? Yeah. Um, there's other platforms you could, you know, I don't know. So some of my clients, I have a done for you service where we, me and my team write their posts for clients and we send them the posts. So they're like, I don't want to do LinkedIn. I don't want to write. So we literally write their posts for them, send them to them, and then the client or the client's VA posts the post on for link for them on LinkedIn because if I logged in as one of my clients on LinkedIn, that's a big black X against oh, my yeah. name, you know? And so they're very protective of the platform. And I think that's good because you want one that's a bit more policed, I think. Yeah. Oh, that's so good to know. See? I, well, every week I learned something, but that's really important because I was going to actually go to the people and say, come on, you guys got to get on your stuff. Like, but now I know why, but they could go back in and edit and do it. They could. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, um, is there any one thing that you want to leave with the audience to besides you guys, if you want LinkedIn and you want to be a, a thought leader and influencer, and you don't want to fully do LinkedIn, you need Louise. I mean, like, come on. She just, yeah, her stuff is great. So is there one thing you want to leave with the audience? Oh, thanks so much, Kelly. Well, what I would say, we didn't touch on this, but I'll say very, I'll wrap it up quickly, is that I believe that people should have a company page as well as a personal profile on LinkedIn because um, it gives you much more credibility of your company or your firm by having that company page backing up your personal profile it shows your company in your profile um, and it helps with being found on LinkedIn um, and I think that's something that a lot of people miss out on doing so that would be a tip to leave everybody with oh that is a great tip thank you thank you oh Louise thank you so much for coming I know Ed, great women in fraud which also includes dudes in fraud um are going to get a lot out of this episode so thank you and maybe someday i'll get to belfast oh that'd be awesome kelly thank you so much this is really fun i really enjoyed it thank you so much for having me awesome i just love this episode i even figured out why a group was not tagging people linkedin is such a valuable tool for you your brand and your company if you aren't active on the platform i hope you will take something from today's stock with louise and just get started thank you again louise and all the great women in fraud